Welcome to the Story Apothecary, a podcast filled with medicinal and healing stories. My name is Nana Tomova, and I'm a storyteller and a pharmacist, and stories and medicines which I dispense. In this podcast, you will find my prescriptions of stories for the body, mind, heart, and soul. So I invite you to join me as we enter the healing world of stories together. to the story apothecary once again. I'm so happy you chose to be here with me today. It is a cold but sunny November morning as I record this, with sunbeams coming through the window. It's lovely. I love this time of year. I've always loved autumn, but as I've gotten older, I've become, well, I've come to appreciate it more. Something about being so cosy inside, as the crisp coldness of the air and the warm sun rays comes in. It's a lovely time, Autumn. A couple of days ago, I told stories of Baba Yaga for Selwain, for Halloween, for All Souls Day. Thank you so much to everybody who is listening who came to hear those beautiful stories being told. We had over a hundred people and it was wonderful. So special to be able to tell you those stories that I've been carrying for what seemed like so long. I began planning this evening. Well, I had the idea for it a couple of years ago and some ideas take a long time to, to come to fruition. About two years perhaps isn't that long, but it was wonderful to be able to share them. And a teller without her audience is, well as the audience that comes, that makes the stories come alive. So thank you. And also very excitingly, through the tickets, we're able to plant 60 trees for Forests Without Frontiers. How incredible is that? 60 trees. Thank you. For today's story, we have a story from Norway. It's called The Three Aunts, and it was the one that was voted by my patrons. So, I'm really excited to share this one. It's a beautiful story. And speaking of patrons, I wanted to say a huge thank you to all the patrons that support me every month. It means that the money I receive can help me towards earning a living being a storyteller. And I wanted to say thank you to Pamela and Maria for joining me very recently. 
So today's story, this one's from Norway, but there are versions from all over Europe. Such a lovely story, and with every story, like the ones of Baba Yaga that many of you heard, there are layers upon layers upon layers. Every story is like this, the ones that have magic, the wonder tales. And so if you let yourself listen to them, like a dream state, then they began, they begin to work with you and to show all their secrets. I hope you enjoy today's story. Once upon a time, in a certain place, far away, there was a man who was very poor. He lived on the other side of the wood of a, in a little cabin which he had made with his own two hands. And he got his living by shooting. He was a hunter but not one of the royal court. They lived off the land, picked whatever they could from the forest. And with the game, they, they sold what they could and with the leftovers, they made meals. They, the man and his daughter. It was just the two of them. His wife had died a long time ago. And the two lived. And the two worked. The girl, the girl was beautiful, as beautiful as a wild flower in a forest. She was half grown up, and so she decided that she was going to go into the world and earn her bread. Well, girl, my daughter, it is true enough that you have learned nothing here but how to pluck birds and roast them. But still, you may as well try and earn your bread. So the girl put one foot on the ground, and the next, her hair upon the wind. She went to try her hand at something, so that her hand may earn her own bread. She walked for a long time, saw things she had never seen, she walked... She walked the tracks, she walked the paths, she walked the roads until she saw a palace. A palace made of silver and gold. 
a palace of riches, a palace with so many people. She looked and she stared. She got enough courage to ask for an audience with the Queen. And when the Queen saw her, she liked her. She invited her to work for her as a maid. And the girl was not shy of hard work. And all the other maids got so envious of her, for the Queen liked her so much. So they all came together, began to whisper in the dark, and they made up their minds to tell the Queen how the girl said she was good to spin a whole pound of flax in four and twenty hours, an impossible task. You must know of the Queen, she enjoyed doing her own housework. The Queen appreciated a good spinning, good linen, good cloth. She appreciated hard work. And so when the Queen heard this, she was very curious. Have you really said this? she said. If you have, then you must do it, said the Queen. But if you choose, you can have a little longer. She was kind, the Queen. Now the poor girl was stunned into silence. She dared not say that she had never spun in all her life. She only begged to have a room by herself. That was granted. And the wheel and the flax were brought to her. And so she sat down, sad and weeping. Salty tears ran down her cheeks. She knew not how to help herself, how to weave, how to... At a spin. She pulled the wheel this way, she pulled the wheel that way. She twisted and turned it about, made a poor hand of it. You see, she had never ever seen a spinning wheel in all her life. There was no one to teach her, there had been no one to show her. And now, sitting in silence, weeping bitter tears. But all at once, with a whisper of the wind, as she sat there came an old woman to her. What ails you, child? Ah, oh, said the girl. It's no good to tell you, for you'll never be able to help me. Mm-hmm. Don't be so sure, said the old woman. Who knows, said the old wife. Maybe I know how to help you after all. Well, thought the girl, I might as well tell her. And so she told her how her fellow servants had give her said that she was good to spin a pound of flax in four and twenty hours. And here I am, said the girl. Wretch that I am, shut up in this room to spin all that heap in a day and a night. I've never seen a spinning wheel in all my born days. Well, never mind, child. If you'll call me aunt, on the happiest day of your life, I'll spin this flax for you, and so you may just go away and lie down to sleep. But of course.
course, said the girl. I'll be glad to call you aunt. And so she went down to sleep, put her head upon the pillow, closed her eyes and rested. The next morning when she awoke, there lay all the flax spun on the table. It was so clean and so fine. No one had ever seen even such a pretty, beautiful yarn before. The queen was so glad to get such nice yarn. She gave the lassie even more food, paid her well, smiled at her. And so the rest of the maids were even more envious. And so they spoke again, whispered in the dark. And they agreed to tell the queen how the, how the girl said she was good to weave the yarn she had spun in four and twenty hours. And so the queen said again, if the girl had said this, she must do it. But if she couldn't quite, then... Well, she could have a little longer. She wouldn't be so hard upon her. And this time too, the girl dared not to say no. Dared not to speak her mind. Dared not use her voice. She stood there silent. Helpless. She begged again for a room to herself. She would try. And there she sat again sobbing and crying, not knowing which way to turn, when another old woman came in from the shadows. What ails you, child? At first the girl wouldn't say, but at least she told her what had happened. Well, well, said the old wife, never mind. If you'll call me aunt on the happiest day of your life, I'll weave this yarn for you, and so you just may well be off and lie down to sleep. Yes, the, the girl was willing to call her aunt, of course, and so she went down. Her head rested on the pillow, her eyes closed, and she went to sleep. In the morning when she awoke, there lay the piece of linen on the table, woven so neat, so close, but no weaver upon the lands could do any better. And so the girl took the piece and ran down to the queen, who was very glad to get such beautiful linen. She gave the girl even more than for the others, where they grew still more bitter against her. 
and thought of nothing but how to find out something to tell the queen about her. And the whispers began once again. Desperate things come out of jealousy. At last, they had come up with a perfect thing that told the queen that the girl said she was good to make up that piece of linen into shirts in four and twenty hours. But all has happened as before, you know how this goes. The girl dared not to speak her voice. She couldn't say that she did not sew. And so she was shut up in a room all by herself. And there she sat in tears and grief. Weeping on her weft. And then another old wife came. What ails thee, child, she said. And the girl told her everything. If you call me aunt on the happiest day of your life, I will sew these shirts for you. And the girl was only too glad to do this. And then she put her head against the pillow and closed her eyes and fell in a deep sleep. The next morning, when the birds began to sing, to enchant the sun into rising from the easterly hills, the girl woke. She found the piece of linen made up into shirts, which lay on the table. Such beauty, such exquisite work no one had ever seen. And more than that, the shirts were all marked and ready for wear. And when the queen saw the work, she was so glad for the way they were sewn, she clapped her hands and exclaimed, Such sewing I have never had, nor have I even seen, in all my born days. And after that she was fond, she was fond of that girl, like her own daughter. Now, she said, she pulled her to one side and said, If you would like to have the prince for your husband, you shall have him. And you'll know you'll never need to hire a workwoman. You can sew and spin and weave all yourself. The girl was beautiful. And the prince was glad to have her. And so the wedding soon came. To live in a palace, to be married to the prince in the days where marriage for a woman was integral, important. A poor hunter's daughter, this was more than she had ever imagined. The wedding came. Tables laden with food, celebrations, music. I wish you could have been there. But just as the prince was going to sit down with the bride at the bridal feast, in came an ugly old hag with a nose three 
hours long. It looked like a branch coming out from a tree. Ah, oh, the prince looked and thought. But the bride got up. She bowed down. Good day, auntie, she said. That? Auntie to my bride? Yes, she is my auntie, said the bride. Well then, she'd better sit down with us to the feast. And the aunt was invited to sit down on the table. But to tell you the truth, both the prince and the rest of, of the guests thought that she was a loathsome woman to have even sit next to you. He was slightly put off his, from his food, but he tried to hide it well. He had been brought up as a prince after all. And just as he put the fork upon his mouth, then came another ugly old hag. She had a back so lumped, so humped, so broad that it was hard work to even get her through the door. Up jumped the bride and again and greeted her with, Oh, good day, auntie. The prince again looked. His face shriveled, turned upside down in disgust. This? Your aunt? Oh, yes, she's my aunt, said the girl. So the prince said that if that was so, then she had better sit with him to the feast. They had barely taken their seats before another ugly old hag came in with eyes as large as saucers, so red, so bleary. It was even gruesome to look at her. But up jumped the bride again. Hello, auntie, she said. This your auntie? And both the girl and the aunt said yes, so she was invited to the feast. But he wasn't very glad. He thought to himself, oh, heaven shield me from such aunties as my bride has. The way a woman seemed to the prince was important. The way somebody looked. Beautiful. Or ugly. A judgment made with one single look. The prince finally managed to get a bite to eat from his bridal meal. But when he had sat for a while, his thoughts going round and round in his head like a tornado, he couldn't keep them to himself. And so he asked, but how in all the world can my bride, who is such a beautiful girl, such a wonderful woman, have such loathsome misshapen aunts? He wasn't very courteous, the prince. I'll soon tell you how it is, said the first aunt. I was just as good looking when I was her age, but the reason why I've got this long nose is because I always kept sitting and poking and nodding over my spinning day after day after day, and so my nose got stretched and stretched until it got as long as you now see it. And I, said the second, Ever since I was young, I have sat and scuttled backwards and forwards, scuttled backwards and forwards, scuttled backwards and forwards over my loom. And that's how my back has got so broad and humped as you now see it. And I, said the third, ever since I was little, I have sat 
and stared and sewn and sewn and stared and stared and sewn. Day and night, night and day. And that's why my eyes have got so ugly and red. And now there's no help for them. We were all beautiful once. But spinning and sewing and weaving, we shape in our bodies and we became like you see us now. And Briss looked. He listened in, in horror. So, he said, it was lucky I came to know of this. For if folk can get so ugly and loathsome by all this, and my bride shall neither spin nor weave nor sew all her life long. And this is so how it came to be. The bride lived in the palace, married to a prince, and she neither had to spin nor weave nor sew for all her living days because of those three wise old women that came to help her, her three aunts. It's a lovely story. It makes me smile and laugh. It is a bit like Rumpelstiltskin, if you know the story of Rumpelstiltskin. But it has the, the wonder and the goodness of, of old, wise women. Of lineage come to help. Help from wiser generations. It's a story of respect for grandmothers. And also has a little bit of humour, which always helps. The story of the three weavers reminds me of, of the three fates. They are known in many different cultures. In Bulgarian, they're known as Yorisnitsi. They're known across Europe, which are the tales I'm most familiar with, but I know they are known across the world as well. The three spinners of fate. Three women. Sometimes both are really old. Three sisters. Sometimes one is younger, like the maiden. One is in the middle of her life, the mother. And the last one is in the winter of her years, the crone. So perhaps there's elements of the three weavers, the, the three spinners of fate in this one. But for me as well, that girl cannot speak her mind. She is stunned to silence. She sits in her little room, weeping. Her, her eyes are speaking what her lips could not. Time after time after time. The girl without mother, 
the girl without feminine in her life. She found the feminine of elders who came to her help. And she had the respect to look at them, the respect to treasure them, the respect to honour them, despite the fact that they were not good-looking, whatever that means, by whoever standards that is judged. They were not easy to welcome, and yet she opened her heart and looked at what's perhaps ugly sometimes, or thought to be ugly in this world, straight ahead, and opened her heart and opened her arms and welcomed welcomed it and in turn it gave her treasure she found happiness in that welcome and also she saw more I don't think she saw three ugly hags the way that the prince saw she saw kin she saw help she saw wisdom she saw love and even despite the difficulty, despite the disgust on her future husband's face, she did not break her promise. She went with courage. She welcomed with love. She honoured them the way they deserved to be honoured, the way they had honoured her. And they sat at the table and she gave them food and she gave them drink. And her husbands too welcomed them. And they ate. And they were fed. And that's important. And if the story doesn't say so, but those three aunts, we could imagine that they were part of that girl's life for the rest of her days. As she went into her marriage, into new foreign territory, they were there with the generations of old women, wisdom, feminine power, intuition, there to help her along her way as she helped herself to discover herself, to weave her life, strand after strand after strand, put together. Thank you to In Feathers for this beautiful music as always and for joining me with his magical music of Abiaga Stories. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting me on Patreon, a monthly subscription for artists, or you can buy me a one-off coffee. I hope you enjoy the stories. I'll see you next time. Have a wonderful month.
Thank you for joining me in the Story Apothecary for healing and medicinal stories. I hope we'll meet again. Until next time.